trying to, I mean, Fuchs uh, contacts him again in his, you know, farm in middle of nowhere in Chechnya with his goats. Are you wait, good, wait. Are you <laughs> oh, yeah, it's about episode three. Why is it about episode three? Yeah, episode four is when Fuchs comes back to America. Fuchs comes back to America. <laughs> oh oh no, my man. god. Okay, Jesus Christ. Oh, oh. man. Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast, a podcast about cons, grifts, and murder. I'm your host, Barkley Mokode, and today we're going to talk about the latest episodes of Better Call Saul Season 6 and Barry Season 3. And joining me today, armed with a business card and a story, it's Kenneth Goulet! Do you know what's the most infuriating thing? Considering this piece of art, and this is amazing right they go on the wikipedia and there's like a whole controversy page <laughs> i realize they're like nazis or something you're like oh well <laughs> where has that come from like what are you talking about <laughs> i've been listening to sort of like hashtag difference hashtag indie music right i listened to this band and yeah i went to wikipedia and it just yeah kind of upset me end of today so and that's how you I'm not doing like, very well start, that's how you wanted to start the podcast <laughs> not a reference to my intro you just wanted to start with like some random Listen, it was either that or Arsenal's incredible collapse over the past four weeks. You guys should watch out for the All or Nothing podcast, which I probably will be hosting, but yeah. Yeah, when All or Nothing drops, we're going to clear out. We're going to do, we're gonna do a, a month takeover. Just, <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, <laughs> thank God for this podcast. I have one another thing to cause me stress, so I don't look at Arsenal anymore. Um <laughs> There's a quick admin before we go into the episode itself. Um, last time Obira was on the podcast, he spoke about the Ozark season finale with Chinedu. So please check that out if you watch the f- if you watch the final season of Ozark, or you just want to hear their thoughts on the state of rap music today. Um, Gosh, is the truth? Oh man, fucking I, hell. that's the weirdest cameo I've ever had. In my, I've ever seen in my life. Well, any current. Obviously, I wasn't recording with you guys, but I. I choose to believe because when it was happening, I was like, "Is this real?" <laughs> so I choose to believe that it's something that she imagined because ah. because during that episode, she also has like dreams, essentially daydreams where she imagines she kills Wendy, she imagines she kills um yeah, but Omar's nephew. So in my head, I'm dreaming t- of meeting Killer Mike is like me dreaming of meeting. Yeah, but it's possible now. It make it makes sense because like you know. if, it makes sense that she, she's dreaming of meeting like. Because it's so random. It's just so random. <laughs> so, at first I was like, this cannot be real. And then when she started having it, I was like, okay, I'm just going to take it. To- nope. There's nothing to tell me that it's not real. Or rather that it's real. So, I'm just taking that it's not real. Um, yeah, I also spoke about the Moon Knight finale and the latest House of Dragon trailer with TMT. It's me not in it. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. I was joined by some, hopefully, future friends of podcast to deep dive into the strengths and weaknesses of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Please check that out. And then next week, TMT will return to get into the Atlanta season finale with me. It's It's been a season. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of thoughts on this Atlanta season. And then, and then later in the week, some Albuquerque fans will return to the podcast to discuss the mid-season finale of um, Better Call Saul with obi and I. So yeah, there's stuff going on on the feed, so please check that out. Please, again, as always, follow us on whatever platform you're listening on so you can see when these episodes drop. Yes, um, sir. Also, just rate and review. In Spotify, it's right there under our name, five stars. Apple Music is right there, rate and review. Just just give us five stars so that we can get out there. And then the quicker we get out there, the faster I stop asking people for, for ratings and reviews. 
Um, Obia, how's your pop culture catch-up been going? Apart from apparently listening to controversial indie music, why why are you so white? Jesus. The funny thing is, like, indie rock music all came from black guys, which is just crazy. Well, what are you, who are you listening to? Are you listening to black guys? Um, no. Exactly. (laughs) You're very excited for the Austin Butler Elvis film, aren't you? That was, like, your big movie of the year. That's your Doctor Strange. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big Elvis guy. You're like Baz Luhrmann, oh, I'm ready. Not a big Elvis guy. Um, pop culture, I finished Peaky Blinders. I really liked the ending. It was a very good finale. Funny enough. It was a very good finale. There's a movie coming out as well, isn't there? There's meant to be, yeah. Um, so you I know the things that. that you would know if you listen to my episode where I spoke with one of the cast members of Peaky Blinders. If you listen to other episodes that you were not on, listen, you would know these things. I should, I should have been on that episode because I have no thoughts. You haven't even watched um, having... <laughs> Have you watched Severance? I am on episode five. I just finished episode five of Severance. I aim to complete it this week. I show anytime I see have you watched Slow Christopher Walken, I don't. <sighs> um, slow horses. Slow horses was great. Wait, you no finish great. what you said. You don't what? I I'm struggling. Why? <laughs> was it four episodes to go, man? Like, I can see what they're trying to do, but um, it's a good show. It's a good show, but uh, I'm struggling. Make I've sure had a lot you, of um, make sure you take water. Make sure you take some food because uh, yeah, because you're going on this island by yourself. Like you're the only one on that island that you're going to right now. So make sure you have you're prepared. Make sure you have your Wilson volleyball because I don't know what you're trying to say right now. As in, like, what? That what are you trying to say? Friend of the show, friend of the show, Hadja literally um, DM me and asked, you know, just completely berated me about my uh, severance take. So I've been, I've been getting, I've been getting quite a bollocking. I mean, that's what you get on, on the DMs recently. That's I mean, what you get. Yeah. Did you, did you tweet out this takes? I didn't tweet out this take. It was from the last episode. Oh well. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Ibuka and I are going to be a Hajj's podcast talking about Severance, so... She told me that as well. Uh, Snake? Well, again, what you have not wom- even watched the show. What am I watching? And you, apparently you have this terrible take. I don't even want to know what you're watching anymore. I don't I don't care. Um, where do you want to start? Barrio Soul. Soul. Okay. That was interesting. I didn't know you... I didn't know you. I, I, sorry, I meant Barry. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, take two. Where do you want to start? Barry or so. No, no, leave that in. Leave that in. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it in. They, they, they need to know what I go, what I go through. Where do you want to start? I thought B, I thought B is S and S is B. They never. They're both shaped like M. So. No, because you're them to be Sari and Bo. What is going on? It's like six pm. I Why are you doing want this? Barry. Oh, Jesus Christ. Barry, season three, episode four, titled All the Sources, uh, written by Jason Kim and directed by co-creator Alec Burke. Um, when I was watching this episode, the first thing that came to mind was like, it felt like a season finale to me. Really? Like, especially with like Sally and Jean's stories, which I, I guess kind of makes sense because this, this is like the halfway point is, if anything, like the mid-season finale or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like, if you think about it, what happens with sally and gene in this in this episode like both stories almost kind of end in like a peaceful resolution kind of space yeah it's also kind of resolution that happens yeah um sally managed to find a relation to barry yeah sally managed to find up stand up to her abuser after some tough words from elsa fisher's character um barry seems to have buried the hatchet with gene and gene has no reason to fear for his life or his family's life so if anything, his career seems to be taking an upswing, which is like, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, it just felt like, I was like, oh, it feels like they're wrapping up a lot of like loose ends, but they're not. And then, because you can easily imagine both like Sally and Jane's stories continuing smoothly. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they would actually be much better off without Barry in their lives. Yeah. But like, obviously the show is titled Barry. So we know like Barry is coming back in their lives and it's like, some, just, shit, some shit happens. Yeah, it just means yeah. like, what happens there? But like, to me, I was like, oh, this feels like very, I know, I know it's not. And I know like, you're tying that up for like it's the calm before the storm. I assume like something's obviously going to happen. And so it was just like it was just like oh, this feels very tying up loose ends. But yeah, no, I really like like the show. I like the episode. I think Barry's having a great season. Um, and we'll, I think we'll, we'll talk about um, Fuchs on his own. But like, yeah, I think I like. I think lots of the comedic bit. I mean, the funniest bit is obviously the HR, not the HR customer service thing with with Barry and the bomb. Mm-hmm. Lots of the, like the funniest bits are with like Sally's storyline and even like Gene's storyline when his agent just keeps on rattling about things that people have called him. Yeah. Uh, then we're not gonna talk about this a lot, but like Darcy Carden, who plays like um, Sally and Barry's classmate, who is now like Sally's assistant. Yeah. She hasn't put a foot wrong this season. She's been incredible. Like, 3D? She's been, she's been on fire. <laughs> like, like everyone, everyone calls, calls her 3D? Oh, my God. Um, Sally is in a good place. Uh, Gosh, it must be so exhausting being, like, a celebrity, man. Like, remember when she, I thought she, she was on the red carpet and she had to be, like, ask, answering all these, like, generic ass, mm-hmm. basic ass questions. Yeah. I mean, it's even, like, similar to last week's episode when they were doing the press junket and they just kept on asking, like, the yeah. like, same questions. Like, who'd you, oh, uh, who should be the next? Who should be the next Spider-Man? <laughs> I think Bill Hader was like that, like like came word for word from like an interview he had. Really? Like I think he was promoting the Skeleton Twins in Australia, I think. And he Skeleton Twins is a movie he did with Kristen Wiig, mm-hmm. and his character tries to attempt suicide in that in that movie. Mm-hmm. And then the reporter is like, "Oh, um, this movie deals with suicide. It's, suicide is a big problem in this country. What do you think about about like suicide and all that?" And then he's trying to give this like thoughtful answer and everything. And there's like, so what do you think about Ben Affleck being in the new Batman? And oh. Like, it's just like, oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, uh, need to be yeah. better, media, media, mm. media. You guys need to be better, man. Jeez, Barry was literally just made for me, man. It's like just like dark comedy, and obviously, like the whole aspect of like the whole struggling actor sort of thing is pretty interesting as well. Was that made for you as well? <laughs> well, is this movie that. What's this guy's name? The Marvel guy. What's his name? Father. Yeah. Oh, do you know how Mar- many guys are in Marvel? I was going to be like, I what do you know? think? <laughs> how does that It's like, I saw a guy. I saw this guy. It's like, do you want to be a bit more specific about which guy? So anyway. Yeah. Um, Swing. You ever watched Swingers? Swingers with Vince Vaughn. No, I haven't. Yet. Vince Vaughn, yeah. It's basically like Swingers meets born identity okay <laughs> <laughs> that's what barry is <laughs> and that's like literally tailor-made for me man i feel yeah because it's quite interesting that they've wrapped up a couple of storylines but you still know on the back of your mind that there's still four episodes to go mm-hmm. plus another maybe like two seasons maybe yeah so I, I guess think like a five season kind of show yeah five or four seasons yeah and yeah. this is only the second season as well so this there's the a lot more that's covid fuck to your brain this is the third season it is the third season. Is it the third season? Yeah, it's the third season. Really? What do you mean, really? Please continue. What do you mean, really? Oh my god, I'm actually I'm, I'm, losing, I'm losing my mind. 
Yeah, two more seasons. Well, actually, yeah, I said two more seasons. Actually. I mean, it's not confirmed that it's five seasons. I'm just saying it feels like a five season kind of show. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying um, like definitely it's going to be five seasons. So there's still a lot. Well, to be fair, it's only half an hour episode, so there's still a lot to go. Mm-hmm. But it's just what they're able to do week in week out, and how they're able to make things funny whilst being dramatic as well is pretty interesting. Like the whole, <laughs> the whole scene with the customer service for the bombs that was just. Hashtag cinema. That was incredible. Apparently, that's <laughs> like that voice and thing is um, their editor. Can't remember her name. Is it? Yeah, and like she has such a perfect HR voice. And she's like, she sounds so polite. She's like, oh, okay, that's good. Looks like we need to get to get the bomb detonated. Huh? I hope same thing I can help you with. It's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then, a little bit of tidbit apparently, like the, the voices, you know, when the bomb is going off. Yeah. Um, one of the voices is Jason Kim, who is the writer of this episode. Right. And then the other voice is Hiro Murai, who is like the main director of Atlanta. Yeah. Directed a few Barry episodes and everything. So like, yeah, just a little bit tidbits there. I love it when like all these, I love it when all these like, little parts here and there, it's like uh, director's mom or something that mm-hmm. does this or does that, other stuff like that. It's obviously very nice to see Sally stand up for herself, obviously after like Elsie Fisher's character pointed it out to her. Um her her moment on stage when like she's trying to at the premiere and then she, and then it dawns on her that she's got ninety percent tomatoes, just like just very she good. She went acting. full ugly crying as well, man. Oh, yeah, incredible. and then like the, the heaving. The wailing. The way the I started dying when they when they started playing the music. <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, wait, this is a premiere. And then she says, Oh, I didn't know that they played people off at premieres. <laughs> This is so funny. Um, I've never been to premiere. I've never been to premiere before. No, soon. Not on wood, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what? What happens? It's basically like the whole red carpet sort of thing. Everyone, it's like watching moving the cinema with famous people, isn't it? I and after the end, people ask questions. I assume so. I've never seen this, the the other side of the premiere. All I've seen is what everybody else sees the red carpet side. You know what? I can't believe. I can't believe that Barry's plan for Kuzno is actually working. Like Hollywood, Hollywood is actually a shit show. Man, no one loves a good, you know, comeback story and Hollywood man. What's Fuchs's plan? Yeah, what's he trying to do? Because he told them about Barry killed their dad, right? That their family. dad and, and Ryan. I mean, first of all, that cold open Ryan. is is incredible. Like the fact that you, when you find out that like that's the first scene from the pilot, yeah. it's just like very well done, very well done. Because yeah, I was like, I've seen this before, and I was like, oh shit, of course. That's mm-hmm. Because it seems like Fuchs's plan is to, I don't know if he's going to reach out to more people, but at least for these two families is to, I don't know, get them angry at Barry mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. tell them where Barry lives. Like, he can't really expect them to go kill Barry, right? Like, he has to know that Barry will most likely kill them. That's a machine. Like, I, it, it just seems like he's very, like, he's, why are you doing this, Fuchs? Like, I mean, also- I think Barry's trying to, he's trying to go through, like, some redemptive arc, right? Mm-hmm. And if he saw it, <laughs> If they come for him, they're trying to kill them first. We should just make him, because he's trying to be on the up. But if he kills those sort of you know non bad people. Oh, uh, so he's trying to break Barry. Break Barry a bit further. That's how I got from it. Okay, so he's so he's not trying to get Barry killed. He's just trying to like break him. Yeah. Like okay, just, so okay. that whole concept, that makes more sense. It might have been the last episode where he caught yeah phoned him from yeah um, the farms and told him yeah that you ne- said like you'd never be. When he told me, like, he's, he's with them, I always watch this guy's name. Uh, Gene Kuzner. Gene Kuzner, yeah. yeah. Kuzner, yeah. And he's like, you'd never be, he said, like, you'd never be, 
you'd never be free or something. I think something like, you know, yes, along, along those lines, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and free is fine. I mean, also, yeah, we should give um, Fuchs credit for, like, being the person who was, like, how do I put it? Like, he got the worst possible lesson from a fable. <laughs> like, that woman was telling him the fable about, like, forgiveness. And, like, he got the worst possible <laughs> oh. ad- um, advice from it. I guess you like, like, this is not what I want to hear from the story, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's like the, like the paper wasn't about revenge. It was like, boy, it could be. Also, that conversation between the mother and the, the son before they buy the gun. And then... That was so funny. And the guy was like, right. It was like, sweet. <laughs> I was like, you've clearly just heard them talk about going to kill someone. And you're still going to sell them a gun. Like, it's just like... Yeah, it was hilarious. That was good comedy um, stuff right there, man. Yeah, very good. Uh, the Bolivians are, are dead. Apart from Cristobal, so... Yeah, man. That's nothing like, and that storyline has kind of wrapped up in in a sense. I no 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 no. That I feel like I mean they're more Bolivians, aren't they? That's yeah, I mean yeah, there's more to happen, but like if that was the season finale, you wouldn't be surprised. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited for like last four. It's like we're, we're at a very good like midway point. These guys are just like digging themselves a, a bigger bigger hole. Noho and Cristobal are digging themselves a bigger hole, man, and I'm just quite excited to see how that. Enzo. Well, but I mean, everyone that knows everyone that knows about Cristobal and Noho Hang is dead. Everyone that knows for now, more people find out because even like um, Hank's um, crew, they were like they were sort of confused by why do we just have to kill Cristobal and nobody else and everything. Oh yeah. So it was. I feel yeah, suspicions have already been raised, and I think it's just a matter of time until like this. The whole thing just. Escalate on blues, on blues, and blues over, man. Yeah. Just, you know, definitely going to escalate. More, more killings and more, you know, orderings of bombs from the dark web. Of <laughs> <laughs> the detonate app. Oh my god! Have you ever been on the dark web? Um, is that just black Twitter? That is. I don't know. Not, I, that is. I don't know where I got that joke web. from. You, you. I don't know what show you, that was from. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't even know. I just. I, it was just like it was like an one. immediate That's a good one. That's a really good one. Oh, I can't remember what show I stole that from. <laughs> I guess if it's, I can't remember is my joke because I can't remember what. what, what <laughs> uh, no, I've not been on dark. I mean, no, I've not been on dark. I've used incognito to do what? Um, so let's talk about better call Saul. <laughs> uh, no, do you have any other thoughts on Barry before we move on to Saul? I think next time we we'll talk about Barry it might actually be the season finale. So. Because our schedule is packed between now and then. I just really appreciate, I like, sort of said it before, how shows, you know, with time are just able to keep us interested and engaged all through the season. And that's just a good testament to everyone involved in that show. So, well done, you hater. You escaped the SNL curse. And. I don't think there's an SNL curse. <laughs> but, well, not an SNL curse, but it was just like, he was known as the SNL guy, wasn't he? Like, you know, you've been mm. here for a bit too long when I'm going to leave, kind of thing. <laughs> and he's finally left and he's finally, you know, he's doing his own I mean, he left a while ago, don't, like, a while, it? No, Bob, no, no, but he, it took a while before he had to, like, shake off the, oh, you're the SNL guy, aren't you? Um, should we drive over to Albuquerque, New Mexico? Watch SNL, by the way. Yeah, watch SNL. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Saul, shall we? Let's talk about Lalo Salamanca. Lalo. So Better Call Saul is the penultimate episode of this half. So season six, episode six, titled Axe and Grind. 
written by Ariel Levine and directed by Gustavo Fring himself, Giancarlo Esposito. Um, Let's just love it when yeah. cast members just start directing episodes. So. Yeah, I do. It usually happens a lot in the final seasons of shows because they're like, okay, we need to... But, but there's some cast members that always just direct. But it's, it's really? Different. How come? Why do you think so? Well, I mean, because like if you have a cast... I think if you have a cast member for so long, and you know they're interested interested in directing. You want to give them a shot. You want to give them like right. a directing, okay, a what they call it, directing debut. Like someone like Giancarlo has directed, I think, two movies before, mm-hmm. but not for a while. Ray Sihon, they knew she was interested in directing. Like, could direct this, but like someone like I think Cranston directed maybe three or four. Yeah, Breaking yeah, Bad yeah. Episodes, which is a very difficult. Episodes. Like, I mean, you notice that Giancarlo wasn't in this episode. It's very difficult to direct an episode of TV where you're in it and then if you're the main guy like Cranston was that's a lot that's like very that's why it's like it's very rare for cast members to direct regularly right right it's that's, that's quite rare but uh, and then something like this I'm sure they tried to write Giancarlo out I'm sure they, if he wasn't directing it would have been in one or two scenes but like yeah no, it wasn't really required in this yeah, episode there's, like, there's no it? point of having this episode yeah um should we start in Germany do you want to start in Germany Okay. Okay, let's start in Germany if you want to start in Germany. What, what, what do you want to say about Lalo? What a badass, man. <laughs> this guy is like, he's so unrelenting. He's just going to keep on going, coming, on, um, coming to people. It's just, the guy's scary, man. He's, hmm, is he scariest out of all, like, the Breaking Bad, like, the whole universe? It's probably the scariest. Like, no, no. Well, this is, this is um, what they call it. What's the opposite of nostalgia? This is recency bias. Do you remember when Gus killed that guy with, in box cutter episode? Yeah, that was that was pretty frightening. Like when you see him change and to, to the to the meth gear and he just kills him with the box cutter. I call him that guy. That we, was... I can't remember his name, but we all know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, we know. We know what about. Um, Tuko. I mean, yeah. I don't. I'm not, I still. Yeah, think, that guy was a bit unhinged. I still think Lalo is scarier than Tuko, just because, like, yeah, Tuko is just. Just oh, yeah. all over the place. But I think I think it has to be Gus. I think we forget what Gus was in Breaking Bad, like the, the levels. Are, I, mean, I think because we're so used to him now, we forget like how yeah. how scary Gus was in Breaking Bad. Uh, but you know, Lalo is just because what he has over everyone else is that he's like also physically magnificent. Like he can yeah, jump from yeah. like windows. He can like kill all those people. Like Gus was smart. But Lalo is doing, does it himself, does dirty work himself, which is what Lalo has for everyone. Yeah, like yeah, he can yeah. kill out, kill all of Gus's like sweat. He has the, the brains and the bronze, isn't he? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And the charm. I mean, look, he was about to get it on in Germany with with the widow. Like <laughs> he's, he's a very good looking man with that with that mustache. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we kind of know what Lalo's plan is. He wants to find out about the super lab, I guess, to show the cartel that like, look, Gus is trying to, I guess go his own way or do things on the, our noses. Cut them off, yeah. Um, isn't, it's interesting, but also kind of like the opposite of interesting because we know that the Super Lab exists in Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. So we know he doesn't succeed in his plan. It's just like, so yeah. what exactly happens? Like, what, what, which, what? Is why, which is why Better Call Saul is such a good fucking show because we know what happens. We're still fucking engaged in mm-hmm. how it gets to that point. Yeah, 100% why it's success or, you know, why his plan failed, um, Lalo's plan failed. And it's just freaking engaging, man. Do you know what's not engaging? What's not engaging? Getting your leg chopped off by a freaking... What's, what's that? What's that? It was an axe. It was like a... It was an axe. Like a, yeah. 
Because he, oh, no, no, he cut him with a blade first. And that man has tetanus. How much is that green now? Like, he definitely has tetanus. <laughs> I think that like, man has a bit They more cut than him with a blade and then chopped him. <laughs> I think he has a bit more than tetanus. He has no leg. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, do you think his leg came off? I. Uh, well, his foot came off. Did it? He has one foot. I think he did. Oh, I didn't. I was quite dark. I didn't think his entire foot came off. I was just like. Oh Jesus! I thought his foot. That might make sense because it was like because it was like you might bleed out. That would actually make. I'll go back and watch it. Maybe his foot actually did come off. Huh. Jesus! Didn't he hit him with an axe initially? Like because he must be bleeding. He must be bleeding off as well. Lala. No, no, but he hit him with like the wooden part. With the wooden part. Because it was like it was like I think you broke my rib. Like he hit him, with, which was like guy, kill him. You don't know who this is. Attack him. Don't. He, yeah. Don't be kind. I mean, he's, he's, this guy just showed up with a gun. Like, come on, man. I kind of feel. I, I mean. I can't predict anything. I was going to say I kind of feel like they might wrap up the Lalo story next week, but they probably wouldn't. It might go into the next half. I don't know. I don't want to predict anything with Lalo. But yeah, you're right. He's a badass. He's, yeah. He's, was he's, that German guy, was he one of the workers there as well? In the... Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know which one. Cause I know some were like angry with Mike. Yeah. Because like Werner died and someone understood. Yeah. I don't remember which camp he fell in, but he was definitely one of the workers. Yeah. Damn, man. Because um, there was one that Mike punched. I um, so I can't remember if that was him or not. I should have reset that, to be honest. I'm sorry. And it's so funny because, like, Gus has no idea this is happening right now. He literally has. Do you think he has no idea? I think he probably has an inkling because... Well, he's so wide in on, like, the whole surveillance, trying to find mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. Well, he's still, like, let's say he's 90% sure that Lalo's alive. Oh, no, 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 no. He's 98. He knows Lalo's alive. 98%. Let's say Mike is... Mike is... Oh, Mike is 20. 20%. Exactly. So it's not like it's not clear to everybody that he's even alive in the first place. So Mike just thinks this whole mm-hmm. watchdog surveillance operation is such a massive overkill at the moment. So, yeah. Um, and you're sort of just looking for a move in the haystack because he's not in the fucking country. So, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Lala, man, I smart think, ass. Yeah, I don't think Gus knows where he is, but I think Gus has an idea of what he's trying to do. Because remember, Gus, last, last week, Gus goes to put the gun in the super lab, like yeah. assuming that they're going to end up there at some point as a as kind of a trap. So I think he must know like what Lalo is trying to do. He just doesn't know where Lalo is doing it. If that makes sense, right? So I think he definitely okay. has an idea. Okay, let's talk about sleeping Kimmy and Jimmy. <laughs> Before we go into the episode, I want to can I talk about something that I'm experiencing with with Saul? No. Well, it's not. I have a podcast. So <laughs> it's your podcast. Though. Um. Now, I'm expressing what we saw, especially in the last two episodes. Um, mm-hmm. So the last two episodes have been very good episodes, mm-hmm. as is powerful the course. But they've essentially felt like table-setting episodes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Unless it's setting up for the mid-season finale next week or the second half. Yeah. But the thing is, really nothing has actually happened, quote-unquote, and I hate that I'm even saying that, like, as a critique, because I'm always the person that is, like, just watch things as they are. Yeah. But I think because it's the final season, we are, or at least I am trained, or I kind of feel like I'm wired to see something happen. Right. Like, I'm like, what's the end game? Right. What's the action? This is the final season. We only have limited amount of hours with you guys left. What is actually going to happen? Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. I don't like that. That's what I'm feeling. And I think, because the show hasn't changed. Mm-mm. Right, this is what the show has always been, mm-hmm. and if anything, like I'm happy that the show 
took its time or it's rather it's taking mm-hmm. its time because that's why we fell in love with the show like we fell in love with the show random shots of like clothes on hangers and 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 um uh patrick fabian's character making, grass, making yeah. coffee yeah like things like that so that's why we fell in love with the show and i like that it's taking its time and it's not rushing to the end game and so all oh, this our breaking part comes in but i think it's just i don't know if it's the amount of tv that is on now or the way our brain has been trained but like i'm like oh it's final season what's the end game how does this work how did jesse and walt yeah. enter how was the action what does lalo do which is why obviously the first three episodes were very like electrifying because that was natural and he's dead yeah and then it kind of calms down and it becomes like normal so um and i i, I i'm still enjoying so like I, it's still a good show or a great show but I think, I think i don't know if it's just like i need to rewire my brain to stop expecting i mean I yeah, say that, but I next think it's is... one of those things where, like, if you're always expecting something to happen, which is why I really liked. I mean, I well, say, Mad Men. No, I was going to say Game of Thrones, but Game of Thrones did have not. It's not a problem. Like, if it's good TV, it's good TV. Anyways, you have to build up yeah. something. Yeah, fair enough, but like, there was remember when Joffrey died? That happened like what the fourth. It was very early. It was like episode three very or four. Early, or something. Like, yeah, wait, very early. Wait, what? What? And I really like that where like shit just happens out of nowhere where you're so predisposed to believing or to think something's going to happen at a specific time that when it does mm-hmm. not happen at that time, uh, like, oh shit, okay. Okay. Yeah, that was probably why even the natural death was so surprising to us because that happened in episode four. Yeah, it happened like, in episode four as well. But like, like I, what? you know, which is why like, I was listening to this guy and he was like, well, you know, when you have a fantastic concept of a TV show, right, you have to think, okay, how can I make it 40 episodes? <laughs> I can't even get fucked episodes and you're like, oh shit, then. This is a lot harder than I, than I thought it'd be. <laughs> like, is this a movie? Maybe it's just a movie. Maybe it's a two-hour <laughs> it show, podcast? not a 40-hour show. Can you do a podcast? Can you do a podcast? But yeah, man, I mean, I feel like, I feel like um, a lot of, this, I guess that's just TV, isn't it? Some episodes are going to be, you know, fill, they're going to be good episodes, but compared I don't, to... I, I, yeah, I don't think they're filler. Filler is a harsh word, like... Feel like it's a harsh like, word. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel like it's a very harsh word. But yeah, table setting. And I think a lot of Saul is table setting episodes. Like, not just this season, like season one, as always, like, it's table setting. There's a lot of, like, Kim highlighting things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, um, it's just my brain being like, oh, it's the final season. What's actually going to happen? Like, why is Saul not trending weekly? Like, why is, like, something big not happen? Which is terrible. Which is terrible. And I, I, mm-hmm. I know it's terrible. And I know it's not like, it's not something that I, 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 I'm happy that I'm even thinking about. And I know, I don't think it's affecting the way I'm enjoying the show, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like a thought of like, oh, what's going to happen? And so, but this is what, that's why we have a podcast. We talk about those kind of thoughts that appear in our head. That's why we have the podcast. Um, we didn't have a popcorn podcast. Um, <laughs> can't believe you actually just said that. Uh, but let, let's, talk, let's talk about the actual episode, shall we? Um, so this episode begins with a flashback to young Kim. She was caught shoplifting. Um, her mom is called in and makes a big show of telling her off. But when they are in private, like she laughs off the whole thing. She's like, basically, she basically says that the important thing is that Kim shouldn't get caught, right? Yeah. Um, and then she shoplifts an earring for Kim. That apparently Kim has kept all this while because she's wearing it in the vet's office. So my question to you is, what is that cold open meant to tell us about Kim's actions at the end of this episode? How is it meant to inform our knowledge of, of Kim as a character? Like we've always thought, uh, I've always thought of Kim as um sort of like the other side or sort of like the bright side to to Jimmy basically. Like everything that's good with Jimmy happens, you know, because of Kim. Mm-hmm. But I think now, especially over like watching these last couple of episodes, sort of realizing they're a lot more alike. Mm. Like you mentioned sort of mentioned earlier on where you have like Slipping Jimmy and Slipping Kim Kimmy, right? Mm-hmm. Like Slip 
Sleeping Kimmy is a thing. Like, she is pretty sleazy herself. <laughs> and it's not just, <laughs> it's not just Jimmy who is, you know, the sleaze bag. She has a couple of, you know, cards up her, up her sleeve as well. So I guess that's what this is trying to tell us that she's, she's a lot more similar to Jimmy than we think she is. Mm. What about you? What do you think? For most of that cold open, I was like, this doesn't tell me anything I didn't already know about Kim. Right. Like Kim now. Right. Because like you said, we've kind of figured out that she's kind of addicted to the game or likes the game a lot. So I think some people have always thought like she's doing, you know, the big grand grand plan against HHM and Howard Hammond and stuff. Well, she's doing it for the greater good. No, 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 no. She's doing it for the rush. Not for the greater good. <laughs> she's sort of like, she's doing it for... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, doing it for it. the rush and she's excited by this thing that she wants to get back at she wants to get back at HHM basically but I think yeah. now what we're seeing is that she she is that person who just like she loves it but she'll it's not like she'll mm-hmm. do to Howard Hamlin and that'll be the end of it it's like once this plan is over and some other situation comes up she's going to do oh fair okay going to have another plan it's going to be sort of um, it's going to keep repeating itself do you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. yeah I think what's interesting is that like Back to what you said earlier, we've we've kind of seen or thought of Jimmy as the corrupting influence, but he's probably not. Like he's just like Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just does who she and I basically I said for most of it, I was like, what doesn't tell me anything? What was important to me, or rather most important to me, that cold open was when she's leaving the the mall. Because I always had a feeling like her mom was like doing a ruse, but I thought it was a plan that they both had. Mm-hmm. And then when she holds her mom's hand, and then her mom Basically starts laughing about the whole thing and you can see that her mom is not really angry and she lets yeah. go. So it was, it, to mm-hmm. me, I kind of read it like she was like, she she was happy that she had this parenting influence in her life. That she was like, oh, okay, you're going to stop me from doing this bad thing. Mm-hmm. Right? So she goes towards that. But then her mom is like, just don't get caught. And she's like, oh, I don't want this. I don't want this bad influence. To me, it was almost right. like... It was like she was looking for someone to scold her. She was looking for someone to like tell her this is not the right thing. So I think it was, it's that push and pull. Yeah, I think yeah. it just shows that push and pull that's going on. Like she's always had that battle of good and evil, and she never had someone that helped the good win. <laughs> so eventually, she just became the evil. But she was able to push yeah. it down with like a law degree. That's a fair point. Um, and also, I mean, it's obvious that like she not that she married her mother, but like Jimmy is her mom. Like she fell in love with that kind of person again, either either out of resentment to her mother or never getting her mother's, uh, what do they call it, acknowledgement, whatever, that's that's therapy. But like, she obviously fell in love with a version of her mother in Jimmy. So it's like, Jimmy didn't make her bad. Like, Jimmy didn't break her bad. Like, she was always this person. She just needed an outlet to get it out, which is why, like, she didn't didn't start, like, loving, loving the con in adulthood. But just, she didn't have anyone to stop her when she was younger and then she just fell into it. So, yeah, I mean, we still don't know what the Howard con is, and yeah, I was literally, I was quite embarrassed to ask. Like, I don't really know what what the big plan is. I'm like, have they said it already? But I just I don't think anyone knows. No one, right? Okay. No, 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 no one, no one knows. We, all we, all they give us is people giving us like little little parts of the plan. Um, well, the plan is about to be. Well, I feel like shit's about to go really left in the next episode because they saw the guy. Um, what's the guy's name? Casimiro, the, the judge. Casimiro, there we go. Yeah, with the with the cast on there. Mm-hmm. Like, shit, 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 shit. But Jimmy's trying to stop the plan. What I get of the plan is that they're going to send those pictures to HHM during the whole meeting. Mm-hmm. And maybe we plant the idea that the judge has been working with 
with Jimmy behind the scenes, and maybe that will aggravate the clients and make them force for like a settlement because they feel like Jimmy's trying to push it. I don't know how that affects Howard though. Right. So I, I, I'm not really sure. But obviously they couldn't send they couldn't send those pictures because then the judge didn't have judging pictures didn't have what they call it the broken arms. Yeah, right? so yeah, yeah. yeah. real. I mean, I mean, I love that the writers have just been clearly just giving us little more tidbits of like how it's terrible home life. So we come like this guy is actually a sympathetic person. Oh, so this is someone that you guys are doing to destroy. He's he's done anything like he's just someone that is trying to deal with his that life. Was so also also comfortable like when you made the you made the coffee and she just poured it into her little flask. He's living in the guest house. It's yeah. Is she a lawyer as well? They didn't. They didn't say. I didn't say. They didn't right. say. Um, Jeez. But yeah, next week is the what they call mid season finale. I think I assume everything will come to a head then. And I still think we're going to spend like a good chunk of the next half in black and white jean. Do you think so? Yeah, I think. If not the whole of it, I think a good portion of it. But, but we're still so far from there, so I can't assume that it's all going to happen next week. Yep. Um, quickly, before we go, though. One, one more thing, one more point. Yeah, yeah. Remember when we went to the vet? Mm-hmm. Right, and he was going through his... Mm-hmm. His notepad with the with the zodiac <laughs> zodiac signs and stuff. <laughs> zodiac killer, yeah. One of those cards mm-hmm. looked really familiar. That was that the what's that guy? This is funny because this was this was actually what I was about to bring up when I said one more thing. Oh really? Uh, so it's the vacuum cleaning service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Robert Forster's character. Rest Robert Forster's character. Yeah, yeah. Rest, yeah. That's that's him, right? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's the vacuum cleaning. That, that's his service. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, the card. yeah. So I was like, oh, my sh- question was going to be. Do you think that's just an Easter egg, or is that foreshadowing? Are they going to need that to get Kim out if something if things go really south? Both, maybe. Hmm. Maybe both. I mean, obviously, like we said, unfortunately, Robert Forster is no longer like here, yeah. So they can't really use him. But I mean, we've used the vacuum cleaning in Breaking Bad in El Camino, so like, why not use it in Pentecostal as well? But yeah, so I was like, oh, okay, okay, that could be. Maybe they want to use that for Kim if things... That's, that's been a popular theory that, that the vacuum cleaning service disappears Kim when things get really, really, really terrible. So, yeah, that was going to be my question, actually, yeah. <laughs> Great minds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of Pentacles. So, like, the Gilligan verse has been running for, what, 14 years? In 2008? I just can't get enough, man. Yeah, I can't wait for the, the prequel to the prequel when, when we get um, the, the story of Kim. Oh, what? We'll have like Narcos. Is it not from Narcos? Or Mexico? Is it got, well, Chile, innit? it? Forgot spring. And is that Chile coming? Oh, oh, oh! I thought you meant like the, actually a Narcos show called Chile. Oh, the rise of the Salamancas. Oh, Banky. <laughs> oh, rise of the Salamancas. I guess it'd be two stories, innit? Rise of the Salamancas and how Gosfring, you know, went from this to wherever the hell it is now. And his struggles for um, to create uh, Los Pueblos Hermanos. Uh, mate, Vince Gillian, give me a bell. <laughs> give me a bell. I've got, uh, I've got, 30, I've got thirty episodes for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, this is Gillian version. They need, they need at least fifty. In at least fifty, <laughs> to, at least 50 to do that. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, if you enjoy Protocol, so please join us next week for our big, big episode on the mid-season finale. Um, we're heading out guys um, I think we've we've done a bit here we've got information from, from our, Hold on. our have barn you in new, Germany have you seen the Avatar trailer? I'm not really an Avatar guy I was going to ask you if you're an Avatar guy that's my next question no. but I'm going to have to go with Top Gun though because this new movie looks insane I have to go with the original 
Um, Volleyball fan? No, not really. But the the new one, like I've seen, every, every time I go to the cinema, I've seen it a preview. And then apparently the early buzz is like it's, people are coming to Mad Max. So like, ah, Jesus. That's, yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're coming to Mad oh, Max. Oh no, so, that's so something. I'm like, shit, I, I, guess I, I guess I have to go and watch the original. Um, I reckon everyone okay. who's seen that is probably like 37 or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely that movie's not for us, man. Come here. <laughs> yeah, but we do a podcast. I feel like we also, but like, I like Tom Cruise. I like Tom Cruise action movies. Maybe I just like go with Tom, Tom Cruise. I like lots of actors in that. Is anyone like, like Tom Cruise? Marstella. I don't like Tom Cruise. It's a weirdo, that's why. <laughs> yeah, but he makes great action movies. He's like four so why do I like him? John Hamm is in that movie. Yeah, John Hamm is in that Marstella. I really like Marstella. I hope he's having a career renaissance. He's like 40 as well. No, is he? No, hmm, mate. <laughs> God, Whiplash was eight years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say no, that. no. He's he's around the same age as like Michael B and Zac Efron. No, he's not. I think he would be like mid thirties because he's like Zac Efron and Michael B's age. Ah, right. Oh, speaking of Teller, apparently the trailer for Spiderhead is out. Obira, that's your movie, isn't it? Of course, the Netflix movie Escape from Spiderhead with Chris Hemsworth and Teller. Okay, um, <laughs> guys, thank you for listening to this episode and join us next week when we'll be talking about. The mid-season finale of uh, Better Call Saul. And later we'll talk about the season finale of Barry. Maybe we'll talk about Barry before then, I don't know. But for now, please, if you're listening, as always, thank you. But also rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And also follow us on um, whatever platform you're listening. Also on Twitter and Instagram. Like I, I always forget to plug those ones as well. Follow us on 4chan. Well, follow obi on 4chan. Follow obi <laughs> on 4chan, not me. Um, I, I'm not on 4chan. Anyway, guys, like you talk to women. join us next week <laughs> when I'll be joined by. I don't, I don't want to respond to that. Join me next week when I'll be joined by the great Daniel Kaluuya. Bye, guys. And his agents. Oh my god. <laughs>